We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Hot Up the Mess. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and I hope everyone had a lovely, beautiful weekend. It is Wednesday, so I haven't talked to you guys in about a week. Um, Wow, it feels like it's been a lot longer than that, which is like really crazy. But anyway, we have so much to get into today. I do want to talk the new Roni. The second episode dropped on Sunday. I'm, guys, I'm obsessed. Um, Also, I do want to talk Barbie because like, how can I not talk Barbie? It's all I can think about. I literally woke up this morning, looked at TikToks and was sobbing in my bed for 10 minutes over um, some of the videos I saw of like the girl. I'll get into it. But anyway, so off the top, I do want to talk about some Bravo related news, adjacent news. Um, Guys, what the fuck is going on with Kim Solsiak? So Kim Solsiak and Croy, obviously, they called off their divorce. Frankly, I don't think either of them can afford to get divorced right now due to everything that they have going on with the IRS and taxes and not paying Target, her, you know, not paying her Target credit card bill, all of that. So for over the last like week or so, there has been police body cam footage coming out of Kim and Croy like talking to the police separately. And so they never knew what the other one had said about each like the other one and Croy like outed her gambling addiction. Kim says he has like um, basically CTE due to football injuries and he's losing it. And like they were just like dragging each other to hell. These two. So I guess like there's some, you know, now that they've decided to call the divorce, they're like, wait, you said what about me to the police? Like they're kind of freaking out. That's what reports are saying. But that's not why I'm bringing her up, you guys. I need everyone to go take a little stroll, a little waltz, if you will, over to her Instagram. A lovely follower of mine brought it to my attention yesterday because, you know, I don't got my finger on the pulse of Kim Zolciak like I should. I honestly, I need to get alerts set. But Kim is posting on her Instagram. She's selling her things, you guys. She's selling tons of her things, so much of her shit, purses, bags, like like accessories, that kind of thing. She's selling a bag on there for $20,000. And guys, simply it just says Zelle or Cash App. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's just like a, it's like a Venmo um, situation. But I think with Zelle, like you can send larger sums of money that way. It's just really fucking bleak, you guys, because we know that she has to like pay off all of her debts And to watch this woman, you know, who claims that she has no issues with the IRS, she claims, you know, everything is false, everything is made up, to watch her have to sell those dusty bags, those tacky, tacky bags. Now, would I love to get my hands on one? Absolutely. 
but I'm not going to because not really my style. My style is more um, J. Crew Factory chic, um, if you will. And I, uh, I just couldn't believe my eyes. And then, now I didn't listen with the volume on because I didn't think I had to. But Sarah Galley of Andy's Girls Podcast brought it to my attention yesterday that. You can hear Brielle Bierman in the back saying things like, just show them my whole closet. They can have whatever they want. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough, tough thing to say and be caught saying, you know, because they do owe a lot of money. And it's just like these two are just living in a house of cards. Her and Croy, this palace built on dust and cigarette ash. Oh, God. I hope the kids are okay, of course, but I'm just saying like, this is nuts. Anyway, I do want to get into a little Bethany Frankel situation. So over the last week, Bethany Frankel has been calling for reality stars union. She says networks and streamers have been exploiting people for too long. Variety's reporting that she's been inspired by the after and WGA strikes and wants reality stars to unionize. She says she believes reality stars should be earning residuals like payments when their series become hits and are replayed by networks and streamers across multiple platforms. She says, frankly, um, she says she was paid $7,250 for the first season of Real Houses of New York and has never received any compensation based on the show's massive success. Hmm. Okay. I have some thoughts. Of course, I feel like people should be paid. I think the WGA and the after strikes, um, tech after strikes, I obviously these people should be paid. But then when you start getting into the reality television waters, things can get a little muddy and a little murky. Um, it says networks and streamers have been exploiting people for too long. You are quite literally willingly signing up to put your life out there. You are signing up for a reality show. And with that comes an incredibly large platform that you can then do whatever you want with. You can, like Bethany, build a brand, even though Skinny Girl, I think, is, you know, obsolete. It's like, not it doesn't really I've I've never once picked up a, a bag of skinny girl popcorn I've had it but I've never bought it I've never even I don't even think I've ever bought skinny girl like liquor like her alcohol like it, so it's funny like I I respect Bethany for her business sense but at the same time it's like okay she had skinny girl but that's like the only like successful business that she's really had. She's tried about seven different reality shows. None of them have worked. She tried getting her hands on. I mean, remember when Ramona was shouting baloney baloney at her at that season 10 reunion? Because like they're like, you're not like this business savvy gal that like you think you are. I do think she shines when it comes to her efforts with like humanitarian efforts, such as like the when she was getting masks for COVID, when she was getting, you know, hospital workers their um, coats and gloves and everything that they needed during COVID, the Puerto Rico stuff, the hurricanes, Ukraine, et cetera. Like she fucking gets shit done in that aspect. But I don't really need Bethany's hot takes on streaming and networks because it's like, I don't know. I just feel like when you sign up for reality television, like 
you kind of go into it knowing that that's what's going to happen, right? Like, am I insane? Like, I don't know. It just, she said Peacock asked her to be on the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Roni Legacy, but she explained they can't afford me. She said she wouldn't do Girls Trip for less than $1 million. That's my asking price. And it's like, I don't understand why she can't just like ever just stop. I'm just, I'm Bethany'd out. And it's so sad because I think she was such a great housewife. And then to see her just take her legacy and like fucking ruin it by just being insane online and coming for what gave her the platform to begin with. Like, babe, no one would have fucking known what skinny girl was if it wasn't for Real Houses of New York. Let's be fucking for real. Yeah, you got paid $7,000, $7,250 for the first season, allegedly. That was the first season of the second franchise ever. Reality TV was very different back in 2007 and 2008, first of all. Um, she goes, meaning, so this is what she says. Just because you can, as a streamer or a network, play the show as much as you want doesn't mean you should. Meaning, yes, they're going to get as much milk out of the cows as they could because it's legal. We signed a contract. Does it mean we should be exploited? It means when you get a ratings bump or something happens, you should share. Networks and streamers have been exploiting people for too long. I do understand her where she's coming from because I, I do think streaming has really shifted the way we... um watch television take in media like it's very very different and I don't think that the payment has caught up with that I think that none of no one really knows how to go about this so I'm glad that this is a conversation people are having um but I don't know just having it come from Bethany I'm just like I'm exhausted by Bethany you guys I don't know maybe maybe she'll say something and do something that will change my mind but as of right now like I just uh, everyone's pretty over her and it's I don't know um and she's always like thinking that she's like the smartest person in the room and she's like this is what she says they don't know what they don't know I was playing chess but how do I know people who don't know how to play the game it's like what the fuck are you talking about I play chess like shut up shut the fuck up sorry I'm just like so obnoxious like I'm playing chess let's move the papers around the desk it's like she's always saying shit like that I need her to calm down because it's not helping anything or anybody anyway let's get into some better a better topic and this is my thoughts on Barbie so I went and saw Barbie with Danny his mom his bubby his sister-in-law my friend who's my friend Jamie and then um his cousin's fiance Taylor We all went and saw it and I really had no idea what I was getting into. Like I, I knew it would be funny, but I didn't know how much I knew it would be heartwarming, but I didn't know how much I've been obsessed with Ryan Gosling's, um, Kennergy on his press tour. I've been like loving everything I've seen, you know? So going into it, I, I had, I don't even know if I had like high expectations. I was just like, really excited to see a movie and this is the first time I've been really excited to see a movie in like a really really long time 
So we go and, you know, we got our popcorn. We're in the reclining seats. It's movie magic. It's Monday. It's Monday night, you guys. And the theater is packed to the brim. Packed. And I just like loved that. It felt like old times. It felt like whenever, I mean, when I would go to the movies as like a kid and as a teenager, the movie was never empty. Like it was a very rare occasion that you would walk into a movie and there wouldn't be anybody there. I remember it so distinctly, like this one movie, we went and there was like no one there. And I remember thinking, wow, this is really weird. And now it's the opposite. Like now it's even weirder when there is a ton of people. So it was really, really nice to see. It was like everybody was wearing pink for the most part. Like, you know, it was just like everyone was just excited. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. The movie begins and I immediately get a chill, you guys. So spoilers, 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 spoilers. Fast forward. I will put timestamps in the description or just just hit that 30 second fast forward a bunch of times because this I might talk for a long time about Barbie. So the movie begins and I immediately get a chill and like just seeing the play like the Barbie lands and Barbie's house, Barbie's dream house took me fucking back. I might cry during this podcast, actually. <laughs> I'm very emotional about Barbie. I, I'll get to it, but it just took me back. And I could immediately remember like all of the Barbies that I had. So I talk about this all the time, but obviously I'm an only child. So I played with Barbies all the time. Like I remember like Christmas, birthdays, I could spot a Barbie box wrapped out of like no other. Like I knew it was a Barbie just by the box, like the shape of the box because I was obsessed with them. I loved getting Barbie clothes. I loved getting accessories and their and her Jeep and her motors. I had her Jeep and her motorcycle and I had a little house that like folded out and it was just like this perfect house. And like, I love setting everything up and I would spend hours setting it up. And, um, it was just so fun to see how much care and detail Greta put into the sets down to like the cups that Barbie drank out of the milk carton Barbie drank out of like everything about it, going down the slide and onto the pool that like it was like this very distinct sticker I remember on a pool on a dollhouse and like that's what she walked on and watching her come from the top of the house into the car because you know we never Barbies didn't walk to their cars you just moved them to their cars with your hands like they would float basically it was just like moments like that where I was like wow and then when she said I had a skipper and then when she like explained who Midge was and Midge was like the pregnant discontinued Barbie like it just like memories you guys were flooding in. I had chills. And so, you know, of course I've seen the discourse online being like from certain Republican psychopaths being like, this is a man hating movie, blah, blah, blah. Guys, 
It's literally not. It is actually kind to men, in my opinion, because the way that they portray Ken is guys. And you have to keep in mind, like the way that Ken came about is he's an accessory to Barbie that it was never Barbie. It was always like Barbie and Ken. It was. And then there was Ken. Like he wasn't ever like a big fixture. Like if you got a Ken doll as a kid, you weren't that excited. You just weren't. And it was fun to see like all the Barbies and there's like a president Barbie and there's firefighter Barbie and like everybody's just in this Barbie land and they don't know any different that women, you know, they can be whatever they want because why wouldn't they? They were, you know, that's what they weren't told otherwise. And, um, you know, Ken is just there and, um, He's in love with Barbie, but Barbie's not in love with Ken, which is a thing some people, I guess, took issue with. And I was like, okay, the people I think that took, the girls, especially women, who took issue with this movie are the people that needed this movie the most. Because the thing about Barbie is like, she doesn't live to love Ken. She doesn't live to get the approval of Ken, aka a man. She's just living and she doesn't need to love Ken. It's okay that she doesn't love Ken. And she's also very kind to Ken at the end. She apologizes to him. She owns, you know, that she's ever made him feel bad. She understands. She almost has empathy for him because she's like, you don't even understand why the real world is wrong in the way that they treat women in the patriarchy because you were just born into this like you really had this wasn't you know you didn't design this world men before you designed this world and you're just reaping the benefits of that and I think that that's an important takeaway for a lot of men um, who watch it is to understand like you know no one's like we don't hate you because you're also a I would say a victim of the patriarchy as well, but you do need to hold men, other men accountable for their actions. You need to believe women. You need to support women. You need to listen to women because that's just what's really missing is like, and I'll get into it, but when it comes to girlhood, which is like a lot of what this movie is about at the end of the day is girlhood and like celebrating girlhood and It's something that moves me to tears. Those montages they played. I could cry. Hang on. Those montages that they played of like girls and like women really was so emotional because I feel like for such a long time in, you know, I'm going to only speak from my experience, but I have friends who've, we've discussed this. So, you know, I know it's not just me. Um, There's so much shame in being a girl. There's so much shame in liking girl things, being feminine. There's so much shame in being a little girl longer than the age of eight. Like, but boys don't get that. Boys are allowed to be boys for as long as they want. Boys still play video games. Boys have their man caves. Boys have their you know, Sandlots, they're Goonies, they're Rookies of the Year. They have these movies where they're like celebrating boyhood. And I was telling Danny, I was like, 
those aren't even considered boy movies. Those are considered family movies. I can't think of a single movie where you're celebrating girlhood except one and it's now and then. That is the only movie that I've ever seen or heard of that celebrates girlhood in a way where there's no shame in playing with your toys. There's no, it's like we're told like put the toys down and now you're a woman and your life has to center around boys and caring for them and liking them and making sure they like you and making sure you're doing the right thing and making sure that you look presentable and making sure like there's so much anxiety around being a little girl because when you start to grow up, everybody notices and suddenly everyone is then like trying to protect you from boys. And it's just this strange world that we live in. And I'm just loving seeing women take back their girlhood, celebrate femininity, celebrate being a woman and having a girlfriends. I think it's so important. And we're seeing such a big wave of this celebration with like the eras tour, with Renaissance, with, with Barbie. And it, I mean, the movie is, you know, there's definitely things in it that I don't love. Like, but, you know, Greta Gerwig even made Will Ferrell, who's supposed to be the villain, silly. Like, these men weren't like evil men. These men like weren't mean. That was the thing. Like, Greta made sure that she didn't make the men around in the movie like these awful men hate, you know, women haters and whatever. She really, she really made sure to make it a point like, you know, we don't hate you. Women don't hate you. We just want you to do better. We want you to not do the bare minimum and expect like a cookie anymore because women have to be everything. Women have to do everything. The amount of like emotional labor, physical labor that women do around the home that's just expected on top of working on top of, and then we have to be sexy and make sure that we're doing this and make sure we're having sex with our husbands and making sure we're doing this. Like we're exhausted. And to see this movie just celebrate women and the power of women. Like it was so good. You guys, I'm telling you it, I've thought about this movie ever since I saw it. I'm probably going to see it again. My mom is seeing it tonight with her girlfriends and I can't wait to hear what she thinks. Um, it was just, I mean, that montage where at the end, it like, honestly could bring me to tears. It was just really good. Like, it's just really nice to see, um, women celebrating themselves in like a wholesome way that has nothing to do with the male gaze. I don't know. I just rambled on for a long time about Barbie. So my apologies if I didn't even make sense, but I just had to like get my thoughts out there because I just thought it was really, really smart. I thought it was really funny. They cap- She captured such a specific moment in time, which is right now, of women and how we feel and the politics of being a woman and how men are. And I mean, when Brian Gosling played that song on his guitar, and sang to her and looked her dead in the eyes. I was like, oh my God, 
We've all been there. Every woman has been there where a man brings out a guitar and is horrible and makes you listen to him sing. And you're just like, okay, like this is so weird. And it was just like so funny. Like there were so many moments and Ryan Gosling stole the show. I'm sorry. I know that this is about Barbie, but like he really, really did a great job as Ken. Like he captured everything that you wanted Ken to be. And he did it so flawlessly, like his obsession with horses and like, um, because they're just an extension of man. And he feels like that's very masculine. Like it's so good. It's so, so good. You guys, please, please, please go see it. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this podcast has seen it or has plans to see it. It's incredible. And it's also just really nice to see people going to the movies. Like I said, so enough of Barbie. I might have more thoughts as the week goes on and I might share them. Might not, do you know, who knows? But, um, okay. Let's get into Roni. It's the second episode of the season and I'm still loving it. I'm still loving these gals. The new girls are great. They're going to the Hamptons. They're going to stay at Aaron's house, which guys, this house is absolutely stunning and beautiful, but it's so fucking white. Everything is white. Everything is like that light wood color. It's like, it's okay to have some warmth. It's okay to have some depth. It's okay to like, you know, have some color guys. It's okay. Even the, even her daughter's like rainbow was like a muted rainbow. It was like very, (laughs) I mean, it was cute. It's a little girl's room, but like, it was just like, we can lean into some pink. We can lean into some color. It's okay. Um, it was giving Magnolia farms. You know what I'm saying? Um, but who the fuck am I? I have a white couch. So maybe, maybe the call is coming from inside the house on this one. I don't know. So the girls are driving to the Hamptons. It's Cy, Jessel, and Uba. And guys, I don't like Cy. I don't like her at all. I didn't love her the first episode, but I was into what I was seeing. Like I, I was into it. This episode, I was like, oh, you're that girl. Like she is so, she's such a content creator. And I know people are going to be like, Sam, you're a content creator. I am not that. I am not an influencer. I am not posting my lifestyle. I am not, you know, shop like to know it. Like I'm, there's a huge difference. I make memes. I post crazy fucking photos of like Barbie takes Zoloft like that's what I'm doing I'm more of just like a stream of consciousness um and this is no shade because I do think influencing is like a very difficult job but as someone who's met a lot of um influencers in her day guys they're insufferable they're awful the the majority I'm not gonna say all of them the majority of like lifestyle influencers that I have met are some of the worst people. They're so into themselves. They're so into their following. They're so into their likes and their comments and their, it's like when you're talking to them, you, you have, you're like, am I talking to a person? Like, cause you're just constantly like, do you even give a fuck about what's going on right now? It's, it's really, interesting. And it's like, they, you know, we'll talk about our jobs, our respective jobs or whatever. And it's like, they 
are like, well, how come you're not doing this? And how come you're not, you know, selling this and doing this? It's like, cause I don't really like want to, like, I'm good. Like I have my Amazon storefront that I promoted on prime day. That's the extent of it. I've done ads for Grubhub um, because it's about the Real Houses of New York City. I get emails from vibrator companies, from this company, from that company. It's just not for me. Like that just doesn't feel authentic to me. There's no shame in getting your bag. Absolutely get it, girl. But when you're going to the Hamptons for three days and you have like eight garment bags, three suitcases, because you got looks and you're the round the way girl and you're this girl and you're that girl. Shut the fuck up. It's so obnoxious. And this like, I'm bringing my own toilet paper. It's such a like shtick and so put on for the show that I'm just like, you cannot be this girl. Like it's a, it's horrible. And she's like, I didn't come from money. Like I came from one ply toilet paper. And so I'm going to bring my own ply girl. I also came from one ply toilet paper and I would never be caught fucking dead bringing Charmin to someone's fucking house. Cause it's rude and it's obnoxious and you look like a fool. You look embarrassing. There's like, I I just don't understand. I just don't get it. She's just like not my kind of girl. I think she's great TV because she's just going to be a wreck in about two seasons as all of them are. But I just like can't get on board with this like content creator, you know, mom. I don't know. I Am I being mean? I don't know. I just don't vibe with her at all. Um, I, maybe it's because she's like triggering to me. Like I know I've met people like her before that are like all about getting content and like moving the martinis around on the table to make sure you get the photo and making sure that you're doing this. Like it's fucking obnoxious. And I would be so annoyed if I was like sitting at a table with my friends and they all started moving their martinis around to take the proper photo to make sure that you get like the good lighting and this and that it's obnoxious. Just take the fucking photo of the martini and move the fuck on. Because it's also like hard to be around someone like that. It really is. Like I like I remember I've gone on like bachelorette parties and they like are taking all these like photos and they're like, okay, everybody like I'm taking a video. Like everyone like cheers. And it's like dead silence. No one's having fun. Everyone's just taking photos. And it's like whenever the camera goes up, everyone's like fake. I'm like, this is like so fucking annoying. It's so fucking annoying. It's such bullshit. Like it's people on the internet are so fake. You guys, you really, you have to know like (sighs) insufferable. Anyway, she's just doing too much for me. I just uh, do bringing all those clothes for three days, like bringing her toilet paper. I was like rolling my eyes. Um, and so they're driving there and they call Aaron to like ask her about the food situation. And they're complaining that there's going to be caviar because they don't like caviar, like there's not going to be any more food. And I have to say, like, I do think that that's really rude. But also I need Aaron to like be a better host. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think Aaron's a great hostess. I think it's nice that she gave everyone pajamas to wear. I think that that's like very sweet and thoughtful. And I wish that she channeled more of that energy into like the food and drink aspect of the of the whole situation. Because when you have when I have people over... I am like stocking the fucking fridge, you guys. I have snacks. I have I have veggies. I have fruits. I have seltzer waters. I have drinks. I have because I'm just like I would rather over stock things and just have whatever anybody wants whenever they want it. Especially if you're hosting like a big group for three days, 
like why are you just giving them one singular meal I don't really understand that personally. Um, you know, and then we learn on the way to the Hamptons that Jessalyn and her husband haven't had sex since the twins. So for about a year and a half, probably. And she really is opening up about it in a way where she's like, I'm really self-conscious about my C-section scar. And I believe she had twins. So like she's got a lot of like, insecurity and body image stuff going on that I wish that the women took more of like an interest in and like asked her more about that rather than like just shaming her for not having sex with her husband because like that's also kind of like weird I don't know like I get it on its surface like yeah like you should want to like have sex with your spouse or your partner but also like there's other things that are going on in people's lives and in their minds and in their, with their self image and their insecurities and not feeling connected to their own body. And like when we learned more about her, you know, having to take do IVF and like all of this stuff, it's like, Oh, like her body's been like through it. So like maybe we need to give her like a fucking break and maybe we should like lend a listening ear instead of like shaming her and being like, well, you don't fight your husband. Someone else will. It's like, Or he just should love his wife and maybe ask her what's wrong and be like, babe, what's going on? And maybe she needs to be more honest with herself. And that's part of the issue, too. Like maybe she's like, this is something she's struggling with. And I think we see that later on the episode, you know, when they're talking to her, you know, at Aaron's and Jenna's like record scratch. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why aren't you having sex? Like. Aaron's absolutely shook to her core. She like can't believe it. Um, I'm like, well, the woman like did go through a lot, you guys. Maybe we need to like ask her how she's doing. Maybe we need to ask her more questions like that. Um, and they were like, well, do you at least like give him like a blowjob? Guys, that woman is not blowing anybody. That woman has not blown a single soul in years. When she said, oh, yeah, I was like, she's lying. She's lying. She's lying. She's not blowing her husband. Trust me. There is no goddamn chance in hell that if you're not fucking your husband for two years and you're not blowing him either. Trust and believe. I just don't believe that. Because I, I just can't imagine. Because now maybe I'm getting a little TMI, but I just feel like blowjobs are like so intimate. Like your face is like literally on their genitals, <laughs> like on their penises. And like, that just feels so intimate to me. So I'm like, I can't imagine her doing all that. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she is doing that. I doubt it. Um, And it was interesting to learning more about Jenna and her mom and her childhood. Uh, We learned that her mom had passed away six weeks prior. She her mom also had Asperger's, which made her like pretty emotionally distant from Jenna and like never gave her a lot of attention, it seems, just from what Jenna has said. And that kind of all made a lot of sense um, just because of how Jenna reacted basically to Jessel's mom, which she talks about. Also, just like her tend to be maybe a little aloof or awkward at times. Like you can just see it like it just kind of all clicked for me and I was like oh okay that makes a lot of sense um and then the girls Uba and Sai and Jessel show up to Aaron's and you guys 
Jenna thinks Sai is the tackiest fucking bitch. She's like, yeah, she's a content creator. So they've got a ton of outfits. Like she's like, I've dealt with these people before and they're goddamn nightmares to deal with because they it's you, guys just trust me. OK, just trust and believe that's it's, it's a nightmare. Oh, maybe I maybe I need to like work through some things because clearly I'm tri- very triggered by this. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, and Jenna's got to lug those bags. She's lugging those bags up those steps. They just kept the cameras just like kept cutting to her, like carrying a suitcase, carrying a, a garment bag, carrying another suitcase, carrying a gigantic suitcase in a sweater. I'd be covered in sweat, covered, dripping wet from sweat. And, you know, they're sitting around, they're having this conversation about her mom and Jessel and everything like that. And, you know, they're like, okay, like, where is the food? Like, what else are we eating? Like, what else do you have for us? And she's like, I have caviar. It's four o'clock. We're eating at seven. I'm like, Aaron, sweetie, baby, girl. No. No. We need to feed people. If you're having people over, we gotta feed them. Okay? So... That's just my take. Um, I don't know if Erin maybe has like a weird like food relationship with food or what it is. Maybe she's very like um, structured and controlled about that. I don't know. But it just seemed odd. Like just make sure you have food for people like maybe an apple. Maybe like a bag of chips, maybe some salsa. Who knows? Um, also, what's funny. So then they all went to dinner at Topping Rose and they're sitting at this table and I'm like, I've been here before, not physically, not in the physical world, but they are sitting at the exact same table in the exact same restaurant as the girls did in the first, in their OG Roni season 10, when like everyone was like mad at Sonia and they were all like shifting around the table because like no one wanted to sit sit with Sonia. Now, why do I remember this? I don't really know, but here I am, you know, here I am. And before I get into the dinner, I do want to discuss something. The lingerie that Jenna did give Jessel was ugly. It was hideous. I'd be upset too. Everyone got like really cute shit. Like Cy got this like, like Teddy, like, I don't even know how to just like bra lace thing. Aaron got these really cute gold satin like shorts with lace trim. Uba got this like really cute gold, like, um, nightgown type of dress and Jessel got this teal monstrosity it was hideous I'd be furious I'd be like give me something better than this now would I run around the house saying how ugly it is probably not probably not because hella is rude but did it make for great tv absolutely it did but I do want to say I do stand with Jessel in the fact that it was really ugly um and it's interesting that Jenna and Uba both don't drink and I'm not like bothered by this because I feel like in the past there's been a lot of housewives who come on who don't drink or they've stopped drinking and everyone's like up in arms about this. And I just feel like we swung the pendulum with the OG Roni too far into like alcoholism that like it feels kind of nice to like dive back into girls that like have their drinking under control um, because it was becoming quite an issue on the old Roni. I will say like it wasn't fun anymore. It was really dark. It was heading into a dark place that we clearly were not getting out of. And it was like, I don't really want to watch that. Like that's not fun to watch people 
go into a downward spiral. Sorry, Aviva was correct about Sonia. I'm going to say it. She was in a downward spiral. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Um, anyway. Um, and I have to say, you guys, I didn't miss Bryn. I honestly didn't realize she was gone until they were at Topping Rose. And I was like, oh, yeah, Bryn's not here. Um, I didn't miss her energy. I didn't miss her. I didn't think about her once. I just kept it moving, kept it moving. Um, you know, there's some hijinks at the table. I was disgusted that Jessel ordered a espresso martini with tequila. That was absolutely appalling. Uba stole some beans out of a pantry. I was like, okay, I need more from Uba. I need more personal story. I want to know more about her life. I want to know more about, you know, is she single? Does she want to be dating? Does she want to get married? Does she not want to get married? What is her job like? Where does she live? Does she want kids? Does she not want kids? I know nothing about this woman except for the fact that she likes to eat bananas. She doesn't like cheese and she wanted to go to provisions and she stole a can of beans. Did that just rhyme? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know anything about her. I like her. I want to know more. So I hope we get a little bit more meat into her life because like I like I just need more personal story um Jenna explaining her journey um you know she was married to a man before and now she's in a relationship with a woman that she doesn't want to put out there and for Sai to like not understand that which was odd because like she doesn't even show her husband on social media I'm like you clearly know about boundaries and privacy so I don't know why this is like such an issue. I do understand that Jenna's like on a reality show. So like you have to show your life like you should show your life. But it was interesting that like Cy took the biggest issue with that, given the fact that her husband is like nowhere to be found. Um, Anyway, so Jenna explains that she was outed by the New York Post. Someone had seen her out at dinner with a, a woman. She's like, we weren't kissing, holding hands, doing anything. She's like, I don't know. She's like, we were just outed. And, um, you know, they called the PR people at J. Crew and basically asked to confirm or deny. And she confirmed it. And that was how she came out. And that's probably really traumatizing and very out of her control. And I felt really bad for her. But I'm glad that she's in a better place now and she's happy and she's, you know, has a relationship with this with her girlfriend and very happy about that. Um, I'm really excited to see what the rest of the season has in store for us. I think it's been a really good season so far. I know it's only been two episodes, but I've been enjoying it. It feels very old school. It feels very easy, breezy, light, low stakes. Um, you know, they will be tearing into each other in about three seasons. So maybe we should just enjoy this while we can. Um, cause who knows? Um, and yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys later this week. Bye. Media Production.